All right, folks, welcome back into another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Feldman. He's Carl Jones. Carl, we are back after a little bit of a one-week break to cover this thing called the PGA Championship. We have, at least I have somewhat rested up, somewhat recovered back from this week. Carl, how are you doing uh, in the post-Oak Hill era? I'm all good. Like you said, it was definitely a couple of days where I needed to just woosah and just, just not do much. But, you know, um, it was a fun experience to cover something like that, especially for someone like myself who's not really well-versed in golf, to be quite frank with everyone out there who's listening. <laughs> but um, it was a dope experience, and I, I, I hope that everyone – if they didn't go out to Oak Hill at least once last week, they at least were covering it. I mean, were watching it and, and things of that nature because it was a fun event for all seven days. All seven days had something to offer. Yeah, we had great weather for most of it Saturday, obviously a little bit of a bust. But even then Saturday, you know, the play never stopped. You had the fans still coming out. Everybody kind of sucked it up, put on their ponchos. And, and luckily it was not cold. It was not a cold rain. So you were still able to uh, to enjoy it a little bit. But yeah, a, a very exciting week of golf. Brooks Kepka getting back on top, his fifth major championship. Of course, Michael Block, everything that happened with him, his hole-in-one, which when I um, saw, heard about the hole-in-one, I was at hole 13, the, the Hill of Fame hole, kind of watching the leaders come through. And about 30 seconds, you know, I heard this big roar, like, oh, we're all just kind of wondering what this roar is. Like, oh, is that a Rory roar? Like, uh, did Scotty make a birdie? Is he charging up? And then we see on the video Jumbotron board, like 30 or 40, maybe a minute later, Michael Block has hit a hole in one on the 15th hole. And I'm looking at this and I literally couldn't, I'm looking at this. I'm like, this is the most unbelievable sentence I could ever imagine seeing on this board right now. I'm like, this, this, like, we're looking around like, are, are, are we are you guys seeing this like is this actually a thing and everybody started applauding so uh, a really fun week of golf with some great moments that like you said I think even if you weren't the biggest golf fanatic you uh, you found some enjoyment in this week or you're just glad that the traffic's gone in Pittsburgh I think some people are probably glad about that point let's not uh be naive here and think some people don't like getting to work on time and stuff like that <laughs> yeah so a, a very fun time indeed the, the food was good hope all of you guys who uh, followed along on our coverage on RossLitcherFirst.com on Channel 8, um, you know, our, our special every night. I hope you appreciated it because we certainly appreciate it bringing it to you. But with that out of the way, it is time to get back to the nitty-gritty. Sectionals are in full swing. Championship games are set in certain sports. Semifinals coming up or are tonight in other sports. And to kind of break it all down, we're just going to do a segment called What Did We Miss? Inspired by uh, the opening song in Act Two of Hamilton for all of my musical friends out there. Uh, no, no Thomas Jefferson. However, we missed a lot in the past two weeks. And I say that wholeheartedly because while we were at Oak Hill, Oak Hill was basically the only thing, certainly in my life, that I focused on. Not even like, you know, I just got home. I grabbed something out of the fridge, ate, went to bed. Like you cannot exert any brain power from anything other than the PGA championship. We barely followed along with the Amherst, but we missed a lot. There was a lot going on. We're going to try and catch you up. We're going to try and set the stage for what's coming up. Carl, we're going to start off with, uh, with boys lacrosse. We're going to kind of go through each of our four main key sports here. And Carl, what did you miss in boys lacrosse? We missed that this Pittsburgh boys lacrosse team is pretty darn good. They finished a regular season at 15 and two. I want to know, are they a clear cut tier above everyone else? in class A, 
their last break was in 2017. So is this the year they're going to finally break through? Are they hungry enough to finally get over the mountaintop in that regard? The only two losses this year, an overtime loss to Victor. You were at that game. And then also Fayetteville Manly, Manly is, excuse me, from the Syracuse area. I can never say that school right, even when I went to <laughs> Syracuse. Uh, they lost to them back in April. So clearly both teams are different from uh, at that point. Russ Kesseling, Luke Fliss, remember him from football. And then they got this guy named Jackson Green. Plays a lot of sports over there at Pittsburgh. He's pretty darn good. He's going to be playing D1 next year. They got a lot of dudes over there. They're in the semifinal round right now in Class A. They already beat Hilton earlier this year pretty convincingly. And then on the other side, they they already took down Penfield 9-6. to six. They have not faced McQuaid, who is the other uh, – who will face uh, Penfield in this other semifinal matchup. Is this year they just break through? Are they just that much better than everyone in Class A, or is the regular season fool's gold? That remains to be seen, but – from what I've seen on paper, this Pittsburgh team is pretty darn good, and everyone else is looking up at them. Yeah, Class A in the in the past couple of years, at least, has kind of been a little bit like you kind of alluded to, like a bit of a, a muddle. Like, you know, we've had some powerhouse teams in Class B, you know, Canadago making it to the States last year, Victor, of course, in recent years. And Class A has just been kind of like, you know, good teams. But Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, might be just a tier above. You know, they've got big wins this season. They just beat Rush Henrietta by five. You know, they've beaten Spencerport, they've beaten Canadagua, they've beaten Fairport, you know, they've beaten Arondacoit, they've beaten Penville, they've beaten all these teams. And Class A, they haven't faced McQuaid yet. That should be a really good game if they do meet up in the sectional championship game. But Pittsburgh is certainly hungry for that sectional title, as you mentioned. What did I miss in Boys Lacrosse? I missed the Webster Schrader Warriors taking down Canadagua. The defending state runners up, obviously, this year they've kind of uh, they lost a lot from last year's team, so they haven't been quite at that same level, of course. But this kind of came out of nowhere here. You know, Canada did they actually did suffer a tough loss to Greece, so maybe Canada was just been slumping down the stretch. They um, now they've ended their season with four of the last five losses. But Schrader, before that victory over Canada, they had lost eight of their last 10 games. And they get it done. Casey Burns was phenomenal in net for the Schrader Warriors. Came up with 15 saves, which is a lot. They win 5-4. to four. They shut them out in the first half. They were up 4-0 at the half. They hang on for dear life in the second half. They get a 5-4 win. Anthony DeRosa with two goals and one assist to lead uh, the Warriors offensively. And what a win by Schrader. You know, this is a, a team that really hasn't had a ton of you know, lacrosse success recently. Obviously, it's very difficult to do a whole bunch of anything in Class B when you've got all these teams. They've only won one sectional championship in their program's history all the way back 20 years ago in 03. Can they keep this momentum going? They've got Spencer Port on Saturday in two days. It'll be another tough test for them. But but the other thing I want to point out here is just, you know, we've talked about Victor all season long. It might be Victor a clear tier above the rest. They've, re they've really only been tested by teams in class A so far this season in section five. They faced Ronicoin and Spencerport so far this season. They haven't played Schrader, but they beat both of those two teams, the other teams alive in the semifinals. They beat them both 14 to four in the regular season. So it's going to tighten up in the postseason. It just always does. But Schrader, what a win, Victor. They're, they're going to, it's going to take quite an effort to knock them off in sectionals. Yeah, I saw that tweet yesterday about uh, Canada getting upset, and I was a little shocked. And I was like, yeah, I know they are. They're the strongest this year, but 
man, that's, that's a tough loss. So shout out to the Warriors for, for getting it done in that regard. And like you mentioned, we talked about Pittsburgh a little bit. I, I think Victor is in, in his own little classification of his own in terms of uh, dominance here in Section 5. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough down to take down uh, the Blue Devils, but hey, that's why they play the game. So now we move on to girls across. Cara, what did you miss? Man, I, I missed down the stretch of how tight this Class C race is gonna be. Man, Hal Mack finished the season at thirteen and four, so did Aquinas, and then HFL's record is ten and seven. But like, if anyone has followed Section Five lacrosse, they schedule only class a and b teams i swear maybe like two like teams in their own classification all year long so their record is not really uh, a big indication of how talented they actually are i'm not going to give you the whole runaround of how these teams got here but i want to give you some common opponents just to show you how close these teams are the only four losses that Calmac has had this year suspense support around the court and then the pinyan twice so two teams in classifications larger than them and then pinyan who was a really darn good team in class d aquinas Two losses to Mercy, obviously in a, in a big dog classification. They lost to Palmac though. Okay, six four game that was tight, and then Clarence not a conference, uh, out of section team, and then Mercy. How about some of their wins? A win over Pinyan, a win over Mercy, a win over Spencerport, and then also another win over Schrader. So these teams, no matter what the records say, they're not that far apart from none of each other. Now, granted, Palmac that, is that's what team at the end there. What team? What was the last uh, team you're talking about? Schrader. Okay, um, Trader? HFL. HFL. HFL beats you. You said HFL. Mercy the first time. So I just want to get oh, that straight for the people. <laughs> my bad, people. My bad. I was so excited to get this ramble off my chest. I kind of, you know, uh, stumbled upon that but a little bit. But you get the gist. Those I three do teams, get the gist now. That, I hope the people at home get the gist, by the way. <laughs> but all these these three teams aren't that far apart from each other. I know Palmac has won the last two sectional titles. They had a little saving grace. They placed Geneva in the sec, uh, semifinals. Geneva's obviously not going to lay over, but I think Comac is a better team on paper, at least. AQ and HFL face each other. That section of finals is going to be a doozy, as it always is in Class C. I can't wait to see how that one turns out because on paper, it sounds like these teams are like neck and neck with like maybe one team above the other. I've got some stars all up and down that trio of the teams, Rick and Deal, and then the Kenchcliffe sisters. I know it's going to be some fun results in that, uh, in that classification for sure. Well, you talk about Palmac winning, you know, the last two sectional titles. Technically, if, you know, when you count the pandemic year is not, they've won the last five sectional titles. Those all in Class D. So now you've got Palmac stepping up to Class C, which uh, has been HFL's uh, kingdom in the past recent years. They have won um, a, a metric ton of, of sectional championships. Uh, let me see if I can get this specifically right um they're not they're not girls lax isn't the, the website isn't helping me out here with their sectional titles it's hiding on me so but they have won a lot they've basically made it every single year just about every single year so yeah class c that is going to be fun if if it does get to those two teams in the in the sectional championship game that'll be a good one to say the least i'm going to talk about a little bit here about the victor blue devils you know girls lacrosse obviously the boys have been dominant all year long. The girls slipped up a little bit throughout the season, you know, not quite the Victor of old. However, Victor might have gotten its mojo back. We, I believe, highlighted uh, their matchup against Canadigua to close out the regular season. That was a drubbing. Victor won 13-6 to in that one. They were up 7-1 to at halftime. And Victor might have found its formula. They... 
Played a lot through Devin Livingston, three goals and three assists. But otherwise, they had five players in that game with at least two goals. So they are not just the Devin Livingston show. It is a a diverse scoring attack. And Victor appears to be on a collision course with Canadagua to meet them them in the sectional championship game. Both of these classes we're talking about right now, um, C and B, they're playing today as we record this on Thursday. So hopefully you don't get, uh, you know... (laughs) too you know upset with what goes on today but victor peaking at the right time here down the stretch and it all makes sense i mean they lost a lot over last year's team a lot of those ladies are playing in college ball right now so uh, a younger team not saying they're like absurdly young but they have a lot of uh ladies who haven't really played varsity uh lacrosse this year just by nature of the of people who are in front of them so it's going to take some time you imagine to you know gel a little bit get used to varsity lacrosse and boy are they chilling right now, right into the, the time of year that they need to be? That went over Canadago, I had no idea about, and that's really darn impressive <laughs> considering what Canadago's done this year. That's why we do this segment, Carl. It's time now to change over to baseball, where it's been a pretty wild and crazy uh, sectional tournament time, as it often is with baseball. You know, one swing of the bat, one hot pitcher start on the mound can really change the course of a bracket. Carl, what did you miss in baseball action here? I don't really miss it because this, the day it happened was all over my, my uh, Twitter feed. I believe this is uh, this Monday. Second straight year, Hilton is upset in the first round, top seed. This time to Penfield. Penfield was 6-15 and 15 entering the game, 2-1 to one final over the Cadets. Look, the Cadets were balling this year. They were 16-4, had a pitcher, James Kepalupo, Division One bound pitcher, dominant all year long. I believe he just broke a Section 5 record. Um, and, and something with strikeouts, I believe, uh, towards the end of the season. So you imagine, you know, hot pitcher going into the sectional finals. I'm going to bet on bet on Hilton. Penfield didn't care about none of that. Now, granted, they only scored two runs, but all they need is a W. That's all they care about. Kepalupo uh, did ball out in that game with 11 strikeouts. But Penfield, Alexander Young, uh, go ahead, RBI single in the fourth to get the job done, knocking off the cadets. That – Impressive win, but in the regular season, it wasn't like these two teams were like far apart from each other. Hilton beat them 1-0 in one game and then 7-2 in the next one. So it wasn't like this was all a normal 1-9 matchup where Hilton was like 20 runs better than the other. Penfield came to play. I mean, by nature, baseball, like you just mentioned, is just a sport where upsets are bound to happen. Just a hot pitcher, you know, a couple swings of the bat. But man, second year in a row, this happens to Hilton. I know that sucks for those kids over there. I'm, I'm feeling for them. Unfortunately, Penfield did lose to Fairford the next round, so their uh, their Cinderella run did not go much further. But that was the thing that caught my eye, man. Hilton, upset second year in a row, this time at the hands of Penfield. Yeah, these baseball championship games already set. They're going to be on Saturday. Like you mentioned, Fairport knocking off Penfield. Who, who Penfield, just on reputation alone, every time I looked at their their like schedule, the teams they were coming up. Anytime I saw Penfield on the schedule, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great game. But then I kind of had to remember, oh, wait, Penfield's kind of down this year. They're not, they're not winning a lot of games. Well, apparently Penfield wasn't all too much down as they get that win. Fairport's going to take on Victor, who won in the 13th inning, I believe, against Schrader. So that was a crazy game, to say the least. I'm going to talk about uh, Churchville Chilai making it to the A1 championship game for the first time since 2009. Doing it as you dream. Bottom of the seventh inning, Braden Reyna. Walk off home runs, knock off Ronick White five to four. A lot of resiliency shown by the Saints in this game. They were up four two heading into the seventh. 
Eagles were down to their last strike. They got two runs to tie it up. So, you know, you're walking in that something like, oh, man, we just blew this. Like, you know, woe is me. What's going on? Leadoff hitter. Uh, I think I believe he was the leadoff hitter in the uh, the lineup. I'm not quite sure if it was the first um, the first player in that inning. But first pitch of his at bat. Home run over the fence. And now Churchfield Chile might be primed for a, a big, uh, you know, a big push here at the end. They're going to take on Athena in the regular or in the sectional championship game. They played them in the regular season. They beat them seven to one. So they got to be feel, feeling good heading into this matchup. But Braden Reyna, walk-off hero for the Saints. Man, he just lived the dream of every little kid out there. I, I mean, I didn't even play baseball, and I wanted to do that. Man, man, send my team to the to, to the championship game off a of home. Man, I'm just letting y'all know at home right now, if that would have been me, I'm bat flipping, I'm cartwheeling, I'm doing everything <laughs> around those bases. I'm going viral, okay? So I'm I'm assuming he didn't do that because I didn't see it on social media, but he's a, clearly a better kid than I was because in my head, when I dreamed of that moment, man, I, I'm, I'm throwing the bat all the way to the outfield. I'm cartwheeling. I, I, I'm pumping my chest at everybody. Shout out to him for being a better kid than I was, man. Twitter is having a uh, unwritten rules of the game discourse if Carl ever gets this to happen. Uh, I did not see any video like that. Uh, uh, Pick and Splinters does have some pictures of that. Uh, no helmet on. So the, the helmet, you know, made the toss at some point. But uh, I have not seen any reports of cartwheels, uh, confetti, you know, fireworks, anything of that nature. So, uh, if so props to them for uh, for keeping things uh, level-headed. But we should have a lot of great uh, sectional finals coming up on Saturday. Softball sectionals will also be on Saturday. However, we do not have those matchups set. Those are all most, if not all, I, yeah, I believe actually all of these semifinal games are being played today. So it's, it's kind of tough for us to, to really preview, talk about this too much. But I just want to off the bat highlight kind of the powerhouses that are left in Class AA. You've got Victor, you've got Brighton, you've got Trader, you've got Rush Henrietta, four teams who are more than worthy of, of raising a sectional brick at the end of these, uh, at the end of this thing. So far, during this regular season, um, Schrader is four and one against these teams. Victor is three and two against these teams. RH is two and three against these teams. And Brighton, while they're maybe zero and three, they did have a really nice win against Thomas to close down the regular season down the stretch. So they're more than capable. I think I added up all those things correctly. If I'm not, don't come after me. I did the best I can. It's tough to work around the website, but either way, we've got four teams in Class AA who are more than worthy to raise a sectional break. It is going to be maybe one of the best brackets uh, that we have out here on the market. And it's going to be a good one uh, to see. So whatever teams are left in that sectional championship game, they earned it. Speaking of class double A, class A, they got a little collision course for the championship game. If things break a certain way, Thomas and Aronicoy. Aronicoy was a much better record. However, Thomas, as we know, they can rise to the occasion and compete with I want to say anywhere in New York State, based off the, some of the teams they've taken down this year, haven't faced each faced each other this year. I don't believe so. We'll see how that match up if that does happen in the uh, Class A sectional championship game. Yeah, but the, these ladies have been competing all year, AJ. I, I think we're 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 getting it's going to be a fun weekend. I'll just say that. I'll say that. And, and then on the other side of that Class A bracket, A two, you have Mercy upsetting Menden. You know. 
Mercy probably a little underseeded at the eighth seed, but taking down Lily Goldberg seven to six. I don't care what seed you are, what time of the bracket that is. That's a heck of a win. You know, you, at the other side of that bracket, you got HFL and Sutherland, two teams that have met a lot. Um, um, you know, perennial contenders. I believe it might be a rematch of last year's title game. And then I even want to talk about Class C a little bit here. Class C1, you've got the four, the six, the seven, and the eight left in that. So upsets all abound. In about two hours from when we record this, Letchworth is about to play Avon, which should be a great game. Letchworth has hitters up the wazoo. Avon obviously just made it to the uh, state final four, state championship, uh, state final four, I believe. You got uh, their phenomenal freshman pitcher, Jesse Cry. So a lot of great softball. You're going to have to go to rochesterfirst.com to see all these sectional championship games finished out because uh, they should be good today, the, the semifinal games, rather. Yeah, we haven't caught a lot of the softball this year, but blame that on um, this thing called the PGA Championship <laughs> at Oak Hill. Blame them. I, 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 I don't know. I ain't got much for you outside of that. It's their fault. It should be great. Uh, like I mentioned, sectionals on Saturday for baseball and softball, then lacrosse. They come up next week. And then we get right into Far West Regionals. We get right into the States. It, it comes at you fast. It comes at you furious, especially when the Amherst are also taking up a lot of our time with their run. Um, controversial coaching decision by the Amherst to only choose until now to start winning every single game. You know, it seemed like something you might have wanted to do earlier in the year. But, hey, I guess you got to peek at the right time. But uh, that'll do it for us today on the high school huddle. When we be back, we'll uh, be able to recap all these sectional championship games We'll maybe uh, get to reach out to some of our friends from Buffalo to talk about little Far West Regionals. We'll see what exactly happens there. But, uh, yeah, we, we are in for a wild next couple of days, Carl. It's good to be back around high school sports. I love the PGA Championship and what it got to offer. But these kids, they put on performances, and it's good to highlight them and give them the stage they deserve. Rochesterfirst.com, YouTube. That's where you can catch us on the video side of things. Audio. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You know where to find us. Like, comment, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. For Carl Jones, I'm AJ Feldman. It is now time to break the huddle. We will see you next time.